You've hit play on the Screen Companion, a show about making your viewing time count. This episode, my pal Stacy and I put on our red capes and soar high into the clouds discussing the seminal series Smallville, the origin story of one Clark Kent, aka Superman. Before we super speed into the show's pilot, I want to use my own x-ray vision to get underneath the mantle of our criticisms and state that at the core of it, I'm a Smallville advocate, even when I'm judging certain aspects guilty of leaping over logic or good taste in a single bound. As the wisdom goes, I wouldn't spend this much effort on it if I didn't ultimately have a solid relationship to it as a fan owe these many years. So with that said, let's do some heroically heavy lifting and figure out how worthwhile Smallville is 20 years later. For a show that spanned a decade, should newcomers and veterans start with episode one? Or is it a shard of kryptonite that'll weaken your ability to watch more? Let's get into it. What's your history with Smallville? When did you start watching? Oh man, that's, <laughs> that's so long ago, dude, so long ago. When did it first come out? Better yet, that's when I started, like, episode one back in, like, high school. You did? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that would have been October 2001. I kept up with it for, like, the first two seasons, and that was it. Do you remember, kind of, how many episodes you watched before you dropped off? Vaguely episode one. You know, fresh, it was new, it came out. I was going out with my sisters, and it's kind of hard to get your TV time in when you got siblings. Just the first episodes were like the biggest one that stood out because I was always waiting for Clark Kent to be able to fly. <laughs> uh, that, was the, <laughs> that was my big thing. He had to fly. Well, obviously you didn't know about the producers saying that they were going to do no flights, no tights. That's so depressing. <laughs> that hurts, man. They eventually did a bit of flying, but they waited until the last shot of the series for him to actually put on any part of the costume. Wow. It was sad. This is Superman. You can't do that. This is what he's known for. I can appreciate the lead actor, Tom Welling, as Clark Kent. He didn't want to put on the costume at all, because to him, the show was called Smallville. It's about him before he really becomes Superman. So he figured once he put on the outfit, that would be the end of the show. That makes sense, but I want that build-up to at least some type of this guy... Is going to become the greatest man in the world. And it starts off with his powers. You want to see all his powers. You got to. It doesn't care if you don't like it. You got to show them all. Well, so you dropped off around season two or three. Did you ever watch any episodes later in the series? I definitely did. I just can't remember. None of them stood out to me. It was more appointment viewing for me, watching what at the time was maybe the only live action comic book show on TV. It was a different time back then. <laughs> Dang, it definitely was. We'll say that I'm a bigger fan than you are. I followed it all the way through. It lasted 10 years. I started watching it in eighth grade, and when it ended, it was my last year of college. You were definitely dedicated, man. Well, at a certain point around season seven, that's where it lost some of its polish. At that point, I was just finishing it because I had stuck with it for so long. I just wanted to know how it ended. And yeah, the commitment finish. <laughs> the best years were behind it at that point. 
And what's really funny is that Tom Welling, he's a very mature-looking freshman in high school. By the time the show ended, the character and I, in real life, were about the same age. But of course, by that point, Tom Welling straight up looked like a man, and I did not feel like one. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Oh, man. Because, you know, by that point, he's in his 30s in real life. I'm about 23, 24, which is the age that character is at the end of the show. Oh. But we still don't look alike. (laughs) (laughs) As far as our maturity, our physical maturity. That's good, though. That's good. So you literally grew up with Smallville, man. It was a constant companion. I remember all the highs and lows. I remember when Michael Rosenbaum, Lex Luthor, he left the show at the end of the seventh year. And everybody was wondering, how's it going to be after him? Spoiler, not very good. Wait, he actually left? He was smart enough to leave because the creators were leaving. The quality of the scripts, the budgets, I think, were going down. So he felt like it was time to go. There's only so long you can shave your head. (laughs) Oh, true, true. I'm kind of interested to see, like, just where the show goes now, just because you told me that. Oh, I think you I think you'd really like it actually. I don't think you'll love every single episode, but there's there's a lot of comic booky stuff, a lot of characters that until recently they they were the first portrayals in uh, live action TV, a lot of Justice League stuff. So I think you I think you'd get into it. Love me some Justice League, man. That's key right there. That hooked me. We watched the pilot what were your initial thoughts on it? Your initial impressions? I started watching Invincible. Season 1 on Amazon. I binge watched that before watching this. So that has a big impact on how I felt probably. And how I looked at the show. But overall, just episode 1. Just the pilot. I'd say it was decent. It was a little lackluster at points. But you know, it was decent. Wasn't amazing. Wasn't good. It gave me a taste like I should have. Wet my whistle. I was interested. I still am. I'm not hooked yet, but I'm willing to give more episodes a shot based off what I saw. Isn't that what a pilot needs to do? Sounds like mission accomplished. It definitely is. As long as I keep my opinion of Invincible to the side, I just focus on what I saw, yes. Especially for its time. Add that to it, it's like, okay, this was 2001. Expect some low quality FX. It's all right. Get over it. Hang through it. And it's still good. Tell me if any of this struck you, too. After watching this thing, I gotta say, it it really moves at a quick pace. It feels like all set up, and it really cashes in on the fact that it's tied to Superman. It expects you to fill in some of the gaps with what you already know of the characters. I definitely agree with that. Definitely. Like, from the get-go. First five minutes. And is it just me, or does Lex Luthor feel like an afterthought? He's barely in it. Yeah. He's in the beginning with the meteor shower as a little boy, but the Lex that we know and love, he's in it for the car crash where he hits Clark. Yep. And then a couple of Mia culpa scenes, and then creepily he wants to be Clark's friend for no apparent reason besides Clark saved his life. (laughs) True, true. Because realize that Clark is supposed to be a high school freshman. Lex Luthor, he's got to be at least in his early 20s in the show. But this millionaire wants to hang out with a 14-year-old boy. 
<laughs> you make it sound so dirty. It's like <laughs> it's dirty now in 2021, but it, it was uh, a simpler time in 2001. It was, but I'm you know you got me thinking of Lex Luthor's like the priest here, you know? No, no, not nothing, uh, nothing too weird. And later on in the series, Lex gets involved with Lana Lang, but luckily they wait until I think she's either a senior or after high school is when they actually hook up, so by then she's firmly in the age of majority, and it's not as weird. See, speaking of that, now you got me thinking of uh, Clark Kent. That man's a creeper. Hardcore creeper in episode one, dude. We'll get to that. We'll get to it, okay. What did you think of the opening scene, the meteor shower? What did you think of the visual effects? Just the whole presentation. Got to go based off its time. You know, I can't put it to today today's standards because to today's standards, I just be real. It's flat out garbage. It was it was disgusting. It was horrible. But for its time, oh my god, it was amazing. It was what you want to see. You want this to go down. You want to know, hey, hey, who's coming to Earth right now, baby Superman? Loved it. It was great. Only thing that got me was a. Uh, I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but when they showed Lana Lang, they mentioned this, like, just touch on it briefly later on in the episode, but apparently she was three years old. That's a big three-year-old, dude. Like, she was uh, more like six to seven. Clark, when he comes out of that spaceship, he looks like he's five years old. That's no baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely not a baby. Yeah. I mean, when, when Martha is carrying him out of the ditch after they find him, and he's clinging to her like a spider monkey with gigantic legs... He should be carrying her out of that ditch. Definitely. But considering how old he looks there, you would think he would remember crash landing in a spaceship. Yeah, and just walking to some random people. Like, hey, pick me up. I'm your friend. The one part that I didn't like with that was uh, Lana Lang's parents, how they died, and the meteorite hit their car. It's a pretty funny shot. It's funny in the fact that really, come on, who jumps out the car? Looks up. Oh, that's a meteorite. Let's just stand here. Let's get hit by it. There's no attempt to dodge, duck, roll, maybe dip. You know? Nothing. Well, okay, caught them off guard. But to have them wave and go, Hi, Lana's parents. <laughs> and then they look up, Bye, Lana's parents, and they explode. That's some funny stuff. It was, it was, yeah. We go from that scene, fast forward 10 years or so. Clark needs to get to school. He misses the bus. I guess right now he has super strength and super speed. He's aware of those abilities. But he's so wholesome, what's he going to do? He's going to use his powers to get to school on time. You didn't want to get me started on this. Like, dude, really? You got super speed, super strength. You decide... You decide just one day, just because I'm going to be late. I'm going to get to school today, on time. No, come on, man. This should be like an everyday occurrence for me. If I was Superman, every day, I'd just go to school when I felt like it, you know? I'd be there right before the bell rings. Why wait for the bus? What, what do you get from being an average Joe? <laughs> well, and all you'd have to do, you could play hooky every single day. Like you say, just show up for the opening bell, wait for the teacher to write you down, and then super speed out of there, ask to go to the bathroom, then leave. 
and then just pop up randomly a couple more times during the day so that you establish that you're there and they can't say you weren't there. Go to Miami. Go to New York City. Do something fun. Yeah, enjoy your life, man. Spend it wisely, dude. Don't don't be a goody tissues. He's a small town farm boy, but he doesn't have to let that stop him considering his powers. This is freshman year of high school. Tom Welling was almost 25 when he shot the pilot. The only ones that are actually teenagers, we're talking 18, 19, are Pete, Chloe, and Lana were the only ones in the show that were even close to student age. What? Yeah. You just threw me for a loop there. Man. I feel bad for anybody back in 2001 in high school comparing themselves to Clark Kent in this show. Because it's just not fair. Okay, I, I, it's not fair, but at the same time, when I think about this, okay, he's, he's alien, he's different planet, you know. He's a little older than everybody else. That's okay, you know, because he didn't know. He didn't know. He couldn't speak, you know. He had to learn at a slower pace. I, I could I could get behind that then, you know. If I put that into the show and just roll with it, I think I'll be okay. Well, that's good. That's good. You're giving the show some slack. Yeah, got to. Also, I think that Tom Welling is too handsome to be considered unpopular. <laughs> and even unpopular kids usually have more than two friends. <laughs> more than two friends. <laughs> I wasn't super popular, but I had a group of five or six. Uh, is that him and his two besties? Or just him. So I think some of this loner stuff is self-imposed. I think there are girls lined up around the block, and they want to be his friend, but he's thinking too much about Lana. Possibly. It could be. But that leads me to the scene with his dad, where he was trying to join the football team. He had the permission slip and everything, and his dad told him, no. You know why you can't? Because his powers? I was thinking the whole time, hey, bro, you just have to know. Join the team yourself. Why not? Because he's a good boy. He can't end up becoming the world's greatest superhero if he's doing stuff like forging his parents' signature. He's a kid, though, man. He's in high school. Live a little. Experience life, bro. I'm going to try to play into your point a bit and say maybe it would make it more interesting if Clark wasn't so goody-goody at the beginning and maybe he morphed into that as the show progressed. Because starting with Boy Scout from episode one, there isn't a lot of stuff to play with after that. It's, I don't know, it's, it's just not right. Like, he doesn't learn life's lessons, you know? He's not, he's not learning anything. He's just being good. Going with the flow. You gotta go against it. Never mind him having superpowers. I've got a very obvious reason why Pa Kent shouldn't sign that slip to play football. <laughs> why is that? It's unfair because he has superpowers, but it's more unfair regardless of those powers because Clark is a 25-year-old freshman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I accept that. I accept that, you know, that's cool. But I would love to see him kind of, you know, cheat on the game a little bit, you know, join the football team, become the quarterback, some chuck that far pass, knock somebody out, you know, knock him unconscious. Well, I've got some news for you, Stacy. He does join the football team. In the fourth season. I got excited. I was like, oh man, this is going to happen. I'm going to see this soon. And then you said fourth season. 
Let's talk about the villain of this episode, because there's the freak of the week in all these early season one episodes. And for this one, it's the Scarecrow Boy. Another high schooler that looks like he's 25. That guy has some cool eye bags. Dude, he was actually technically like, what, 30 to yeah, 30 something? Because his senior class graduated like 10 years ago, 15 years ago or something they mentioned. Yeah, but they say he hasn't aged at all. Yeah. Oh, true. So if you see him at the start of the episode, he already looks like he's 30. Yeah, I gotta rewatch that and just just take a look, compare it, now that you mentioned this part, you know? Did you notice, though, that in the exposition scene at the school paper where they're talking about the fact that, oh, this kid woke up and he's terrorizing people from high school, they show a yearbook photo and they mention that it's from 12 years ago. And then the next thing they say is, he was in a coma for 12 years. And then they say, 12 years ago today, the jocks strung him up in a field. That was something else. That was special. Like, that's that scene, I understood the purpose of it, but I wanted more build-up for it, man. I felt like they introduced him. It was just kind of a side note. You know, like, we need some kind of climax for this episode. Just Clark being goody-goody, being an average high schooler right now. We need to spice this up. How? Freak of the week. Which I agree with, but they pack so many ideas into this pilot that everything feels like it's not getting enough attention. A la this Teenage X-Files aspect of the show. Chloe just says, hey look, I've done research, there are a bunch of freaks in the area. And then they just go with it and it plays into their weekly adventures. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And the fact that, like, I don't know, they could have played up and more because Clark was shocked that they had this whole wall slash room dedicated to this stuff. And he didn't know about it. I'd like some more background, you know? How long these people know each other? How long have they been friends? Yeah, and how do you hide a gigantic investigative wall like that in a public school environment? You know what? When your best friend is Superman, anything's possible, I guess. Later in the episode, Clark, with his bad luck, he gets chosen to be the Scarecrow. Whitney doesn't like him macking on his girlfriend, Lana. But they never really talk about the tradition all that much. Do you think they were planning on untying him after? In the morning, or... Oh, no. Were they just going to leave him out there? They would have left him. I feel like they would have left him forever. Like, fudge that guy. He don't deserve no assistance from us. We're going to put him up here, and that's going to be that. Let's talk about the cemetery scene. This is right after Clark finds out he's an alien. He takes it pretty well. But then he's sulking in the cemetery. After creeping. We got to remember that hardcore creeping with his telescope on his porch outside the barn, checking out who? Lana Lang. Oh, yeah. He comes off as a little bit weird there, and Lana, I guess, just has random trips to the cemetery to talk to her dead folks, and she has a conversation with them in front of Clark. Also very weird. They're two weird peas in a pod. This is where they really get into it together, and you see a little bit of the flame. They need psychiatrists. I want to say her more than him, because she actually witnessed her parents die. 
A cemetery scene just brought it home for me. Kind of brings her human side and Clark's human side to you. Uh, it connects you to him, which was nice. Did you notice toward the beginning when we're introduced to Whitney and Lana and Whitney says he wants her to look over his homework and he gives her a floppy disk? Oh, I didn't catch that part. I didn't... <laughs> oh, my God. I had to rewind it. At first, I thought it was a folded slip of paper, and then I realized, no, that's a floppy disk. Floppy? It was 2001, man. At this point, we had CDs. Well, there are still a lot of people using floppies, because you figure all those parents bought those hundred packs in the 90s and then slowly used them and made their kids use them for homework, even after CDs came out. Yeah, so it tracks. It, It gives it some realism. Him talking about his homework makes me realize that there isn't a lot of school stuff in this first episode. What do you mean by school stuff? Like, we're talking actually attending class? They show kids riding the school bus, football practice. Yeah. And homecoming. Okay. Where are the teachers? There aren't even any chaperones at the dance. Where are the adults? So whenever a fight breaks out, they just step aside and wait for Clark to do something. He's got this. He can handle it. There's that moment at the homecoming where Clark is a bad boy like you want him to be. And he stacks those trucks on top of each other to get back at Whitney. Although conveniently, we don't see him actually do it. (laughs) True. That would cost a lot of VFX money. That brings me to that epic fight scene in the climax. It took a tumble for me, man. The episode just fell. Well, it felt pretty tacked on and cheap, didn't it? It definitely did. It's like, oh, man, we introduced all this stuff now. We're running out of time, people. How do we sum this up and finish this story and make it a nice pilot and bundle it up? And they wrap it up pretty quickly with that scarecrow kid. Because he gets electrocuted and then immediately gets amnesia and forgets that he just fought Clark. <laughs> <laughs> That's epic. That was like, whoa, bro. You can uh, you shoot electricity. You own this. This is your thing. And all of a sudden, it zaps you and fries your brain again. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, they needed a quick out. They don't want you to think about it. Just go with it. Yeah. It's not the last time in the series where people conveniently get amnesia really fast. Is this like a small town thing? Like, we just... Amnesia. That's our thing, folks, you know? We don't like it, you get amnesia for it. Sure, because how else do they explain the fact that this guy grows up in a small town and nobody puts two and two together that he's got superpowers? This is the only way. People must accidentally get tiny concussions and lose their memory every single day. So what do we do about Lex then? He's prying, you know? After hitting Clark and not accepting the truck he gave him, you know, he wants to find out what's up with Clark. I wonder if he gets amnesia. That's something that goes through all the way into the seventh season. Wow. Not as much teen drama in this first episode as I was expecting. So that was nice. I wanted more, man. I know, I wanted a better bowl on top of my, my little cake. Then that's a good segue into this next question. Is it a good start? Compare it to another comic-to-TV adaptation. 
I have to compare it to something like more current, like I watched before, Invincible. Part of me is a big part of me wants to say no, but I must say yes. Overall, decent. Like I said before, it does what the pilot's supposed to do. Even though Invincible, I gotta rewatch that pilot and double check. It did as well, but it's two completely different stories, so you know, you gotta take what you want. I still say, even compared to today's standards, it's a, uh, it's good, man. Not amazing, but good. Objectively, it is a good start because it did run 10 seasons, which was unheard of at the time. And it's still pretty unheard of. I wonder, with all the superhero shows that are on now, would Smallville have lasted 10 years if it was in today's TV landscape where there are multiple shows you could go to to get your superhero fix? Whereas back then, this was really it, especially for live action. It was Smallville. Yeah, that was the only thing. All the options today, if they're willing to update it and the story changed to become more of like what people want to see, the more action, a little more gore, a little more over the top, but also at the same time bring it back down to where it's nice, your kids can sit there and watch it with you, I say yeah. You don't like the pilot so much after watching Invincible, but you got to put an asterisk next to that because Invincible is a cartoon and so they have a lot more latitude to do stuff than live action. They do. Let me give you my recommendation, the same I would give any of our listeners. I say skip to the second season where there's more mythology that rewards you for watching every episode, better plots, and cooler stuff in the episodes, such as Red Kryptonite where it makes Clark lose his inhibitions and he becomes the bad boy you want to see. He rides a motorcycle. Damn. I'm liking that already. You're selling me, man. You're selling me. I don't think you'll be lost at all by skipping the entire first season. Because they just kind of rehash things anyway. You already kind of know the relationships. Oh, okay, Lex is struggling with being good and bad, and Lana and Clark are never really going to get together, but they circle each other, and oh, Chloe's into Clark. All these things, you don't need to watch the first season to get that. I'm going to keep that in mind as I watch the season. Because I still want to finish him. I'm committed at this point. I've seen the pilot. I must see at least the first season before I fully judge it. I'm at that point where, like, I'm committed now. I want to relive this childhood dream. There are definite incredible moments, incredible story arcs, but you're not going to get any of that in the first year. It's like, you're you're telling me it's like eating a lackluster meal, and you're telling me you're going to finish the whole thing just so you can say you did it, even though you're going to get a stomachache from it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there it is. I think viewers will be better served using their super breath to blow season one off the queue and start with season two instead. I'm taking my own advice and rewatching it that way. Let me tell you, burning out 20 episodes with a surgical application of heat vision is a good way to maintain interest longer and really get things going on the right foot. We barely scratched the surface on this 200 plus episode series, so it wouldn't surprise me if down the line we ripped open our shirts and suited up once again to talk about Smallville. But for now, we're flying with a smile high above planet Earth 
waiting until our next discussion brings us down for more. <laughs>